next Sunday. I better remember it's Mother's Day. Got a mother at my house. <laughs> my children are supposed to remember them. <laughs> we'll see if they do. <laughs> Bad on the preacher to forget Mother's Day. They picking on me. Can I come over here with y'all? Sure this 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 side's giving me trouble. I may just turn this away. So. I don't know what to do about this bunch of troublemakers back here. If you have a Bible, so let's turn to Romans 14. told somebody the other day I was preaching through Romans he said yeah I said yeah he said what would you preach last Sunday I said Romans 13 <laughs> that's the easiest thing to do when you have a short memory like mine we're in Romans 14 today Romans 14 uh, Romans is just full of uh, good stuff it is a it's a good book, and uh, this was a church that was in a, a hotbed of sin. You can imagine living in a in a Rome that uh, Paul had to minister to, who had done everything to reject Christianity and Jesus Christ that they could. Paul was not well received in Rome. Because Rome was a, a town, country, whatever you want to call them, that were emperor worshipers. They thought their Caesar was God. And uh, this was the battle that Christian missionaries and Christian men and women had to fight in Rome. Uh, we... Uh, we live in a society not unlike that today because there's so many different gods out there. People worship all sorts of, of creatures and, and things that uh, they substitute the Lord for, uh, and they have no power. So we, we see a, a lot of people today who are in a similar condition as Paul describes these folks at Rome. In this chapter, look at chapter 14. Accept anyone who is weak in faith, but don't argue about doubtless, doubtful issues. One person believes he may eat anything, but one who is weak eats only vegetables. One who eats must not look down on one who does not eat. And one who does not eat must not criticize one who does. Because God has accepted him, who are you to criticize another's household slave before his own Lord he stands or falls? 
and stand he will, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person considers one day to be above another. Someone else considers every day to be the same. Each one must be fully convinced in his own mind. Whoever observes the day observes it to the Lord. Whoever eats, eats to the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. And whoever does not eat, it is to the Lord that he does not eat. Yet he thanks God. For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and came to life for this, that we might rule over both the dead and the living. But you, why do you criticize your brother? Or you, why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me and every tongue will, praise, will give praise to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for your presence here among us today. God, we just uh, we pray that uh, we might lift your name up in honor and glorify you for who you are and what you've done for us. Lord, we pray that uh, as we look at your word that Paul wrote to the Roman church, we could find in it the message that you have for us today in our church, in our world, that we might apply it to our lives and live better lives as examples for you to other people. Lord, we, we are yours, and we thank you for all your blessings. We thank you for this church and all of those that uh, come. God, we just lift up our sick folks to you, and those that aren't here for whatever reason, we just ask you, you'd, uh, God, be with all of them and uh, bring them back into our services. And uh, God, let us all work together to praise you and love each other. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, Paul was, uh, he was pretty clear uh, in his message here to <laughs> exhibit acceptance and love toward brothers and sisters. Uh, I don't know whether y'all have ever experienced a church fight or not. I don't want you necessarily to hold your hands up if you have, but uh, some of us have. The church is, is uh, not <laughs> immune to dividing up into teams or sides and uh, ripping each other apart. Sometimes it even gets to be a three-party battle, and that's a fun one. And the preachers, <laughs> the preacher's just got to take a neutral stand, and if he does, it makes everybody mad. And goodness knows if you take sides with one group, you're really bad. Uh, so the preacher's just uh, <laughs> as out of luck. And, and most church members, if they don't want to choose a side, they get run down the country too. And uh, all churches have, 
have suffered uh, from the trouble of conflict in, in the body uh, at different times. And uh, Paul encourages the church to accept one another, uh, to love one another. And uh, we, uh, we need to pay attention. Now, in these first four verses, Paul encouraged them uh, not to accept anyone who is weak in the faith, except uh, one who is weak in the faith. But don't argue with them about doubtful issues. Now, I've heard some pretty good battles about tithing and not tithing. Y'all may have too, I don't know, but that's usually a pretty good subject to get a divided side on pretty quick. Uh, some people say the Bible doesn't teach tithing. Some people say that it does. Some people say, well, it was an Old Testament rule, not a New Testament rule. And sides are picked and, you know, the ones that uh, believe in tithing and put that money, in, uh, that 10% or whatever in the offering plate, look down on the ones that don't. And uh, the ones that don't may put in a big clump sometimes and above that uh, 10% that other people do. And they get looked down on too. They just try to show out, you know. Uh, we as, as church members and Baptists can really give each other down the country. And uh, I don't know whether these folks back in Paul's day were Baptist or not, but they acted like it sometime. And Paul had to take a pretty stern stance uh, uh, to get them straight. And he told them, look, there's no sense in arguing over doubtful issues. Now, what do doubtful issues cover? The non-essential stuff, the stuff that the Bible doesn't seem to address, but the non-essentials, the non-commandments should not be used to condemn. He used the example of, of eating certain foods and observing certain days, which was a practice back in that time. Well, you think about it, there are certain days we observe too. Uh, we like to take off Christmas. We like to take off New Year's. Where some people take off St. Patrick's Day, some people take off the Fourth of July. We can just go on and on. Thanksgiving, uh, <clears throat> and uh, we uh, we fuss about employers that make us work on those days because we're supposed to have those days off, and and so on and so forth. Uh, but uh, Paul said these these matters of of non-essentiality. You don't need to get into a, a battle about them. If it's not a commandment, if God didn't order it, there's no sense in, in getting all worked up about it. You just shouldn't use the observation of something that God didn't address to undermine and, and destroy people's reputation. Uh, and he used the example of eating certain foods. Well, you know, the Jews had a, they had a list. I couldn't tell you what all was on it, but they had a list of food that you could eat and you couldn't eat and when you could eat it and when you couldn't. And a lot of it you never could. Uh, certain days you uh, observed and didn't observe. Uh, the Jews observed uh, several days as holy days that we don't observe now. What are our holy days? We consider Easter and Christmas, and that's about it, isn't it? Now, if you're down here in the South and the kids get spring holidays from school, we just about consider that equal to Christmas <laughs> and New Year. 
but I mean, it just it depends. If they're not essential matters, there's no sense in getting in, in a discussion about it. And and I've seen churches just get fussing and, and upset with each other about having church attendance on certain days because they wanted to be off and go on vacation or something. I don't know. Uh, Paul said in verse 7 that none of us lives to himself and no one dies to himself. I mean, we're all in this together, so to speak. We don't need to tear each other down and uh, try to make ourselves look better and more important than other people. Um, Paul was certainly a man of God, and he was a mighty man of God. And I'm convinced in my heart you didn't have to be around him long to figure that out. Uh, If anybody ever oozed out of their pores like drops of sweat, Jesus Christ, Paul was one. I mean, he loved the Lord, and and there was no question about it in, in his dealings with people. Uh, in uh, verse 8 he says if we live we live for the Lord and if we die we die for the Lord therefore whether we live or die we belong to the Lord now it's important for us to understand that Paul was talking about if you die (laughs) you need to be the Lord's when you die to uh, belong to him and, and be with him in eternity he didn't mean just anybody that dies out there in the world without Jesus is, is going to live eternally. If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. So in the Lord, we live or die. That's the most important decision that we can make in our lives while we're here on this earth is to give our heart and our life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we haven't done that, we're what the church calls lost. Now, I don't know whether any of y'all have ever been lost or not, but uh, I'm going to tell you something. (laughs) Even as a grown man, it's not fun to get lost in a large city. No map, no GPS, nothing on board to help you. Riding all over God's half acre looking for a certain street or a certain place. Too embarrassed to stop and ask anybody. You know, male pride is something. We're going to find that place. It doesn't make any difference if it takes all night. We're going to find that place instead of stopping and asking directions. You know, (laughs) we as uh, Christians sometimes are that way, and God has given us all the directions we need. If we just get in it and read it, we got the directions. Our problem is we just don't know how to read a map sometimes and won't do it. If we live, we live for the Lord. The most important thing we can understand is if we die, we must die for Him too. We belong to Him. He created us and He's going to sustain us through life on this earth. If we will just reach out to Him, uh, He'll take care of us. He doesn't want to do us any harm. It's not God's idea to do us any harm. But folks, if you live without the Lord, you live at the devil's will. You live subdued to him, the devil. We don't need to be in a precarious position like that. That's like standing on a 
a cliff <coughs> with a runaway car coming up behind you. Nothing but death awaits. We need to get away from that and belong to the Lord. He is ours and we are His. He has created us and He has told us if we would just reach out to Him and say, Lord, I surrender, save me. He'd do that. He'd give us eternal life. It doesn't matter if we've done horrible things. God takes all of that away. Jesus Christ came to this earth to live among men, to take all of the trouble, all of the punishment, all of the distress of humankind that would ever live upon himself. And he took it to that cross. Now, what the shame of it is, is people that don't accept Jesus as Savior, to them, he died for nothing. What a shame. Anybody, anybody that's ever heard the gospel message about Jesus Christ and him giving his life to take away the sins of the world, who rejects that is shameless. God loves us that much. If we live, we should live for him. And if we die, we should die in him. We belong to him. Verse 10 says, But you, why do you criticize your brother? Or you, why do you look down on your brother? For we all stand before the tribunal of God. Look, there's no room in the fellowship of the Lord. That's the church. There's no room among Christian people anywhere in the world to have a falling out with each other and criticize one another about their beliefs. Now, I know we as Baptists, we're bad about criticizing the Catholics and the, and the Assemblies of God and the Church of Christ and all of that because they have different beliefs from us. Well, if they believe the Bible, if they believe what the Word of God says, they have enough in common with us for us to accept them into the family of God. It's God who makes a decision about who believes what and whether it's good or not. One of these days, every human being on the face of this planet is going to stand before the Lord and give an account for what he believes or doesn't believe. And based on that, that personal relationship, that person is going to be allowed to enter into heaven uh, or not. That's not our decision. We don't have the privilege to decide what our brothers or sisters in Christ believe or not. Why do we look down on folks that don't believe like we do? I mean, I'm, <laughs> I grew up in the deep south. Now, this is the delta of Arkansas on this side of the river. I grew up on the other side of the river, about 20 miles from the river, in Clarksdale, Mississippi. I want to tell you something. The delta of Mississippi is just like the delta in Arkansas. We got, we got our prejudices over there, just like their prejudices over here. Now, <laughs> I was a pretty good-sized child, probably 10 or 12 years old before I even really accepted fully that black folks were human beings. I mean, it was that bad. 
when I was a kid. A lot of people just considered them animals. Some probably still do. I don't know. But folks, who are we to look down on any of God's creation as such? I'm going to tell you something. I believe with all of my heart that God died for every human being that draws a breath on this planet. For everyone. He doesn't call in. I don't care if they're criminal. I don't care if they're murderers or whatever they are. It doesn't make any difference. Jesus died for them. He died to take away that sin if they would just surrender to him and say, Yes, I trust you as my Savior. Save me. That's all it would take. Good, bad, or otherwise. I mean, we don't have to have but one little sin in our life to condemn us to an eternity in hell. Just one. That's all. Just one little white lie. But, Lord, I, I, just, I just told one little white fib. Well, one is enough for condemnation. Doesn't seem fair, but it doesn't seem fair to me that Jesus went to the cross and took the burden of my sin to that cross with him when he died. That's just the way that it is. Look, we ought not to look down on one another. We ought not to criticize our brothers and sisters. Uh, we ought to stand like we're standing before God in all cases with them. When we have a difference of opinion or an out in the church or with another Christian, we ought to remember we need to take this to the Lord. Uh, <laughs> some churches are, are good about when they, when they look like they're going to have a little conflict, just call a prayer meeting. You know, you can solve a lot of problems in a prayer meeting. You don't have to talk. All you got to do is pray. Prayer seems to fix a lot of things. Sometimes we're just too proud to do that. Because we want our way, especially when we know we're wrong. I don't like to admit when I'm wrong. I ain't never wrong. Ask her. I'm not ever wrong. Did you see that funny look she gave me? We're all wrong sometimes, whether we want to admit it or not. And it doesn't take but one time to mess us up. <laughs> in our relationship to the Lord. Verse 12 says, So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Picture that, if you will, in your mind. One day, one day, I don't know if it's going to be immediately after we die or if it's going to, if Jesus is going to wait until the earth is, is taken or raptured and, and all the people on the earth come up here and he, he, has a, has a special session for all the lost people and a special session for us. I don't know how all of that's going to take place. I just know that according to the scripture, we're all, every one of us, lost and saved. Every one of us is going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and give an account for who we are and what we've done. Oh, folks, that's the day to stand before Jesus knowing you have accepted him as your Savior. And God looks at you, and that's all he can see is the blood of Jesus covering you. Enter into my kingdom's rest, dear person.
you've accepted my son as your savior. Now the Bible says if that's not the case and you haven't, he's going to say, depart from me, curse, you cursed, because I never knew you. How sad to get to heaven and stand before God the Father and him say, I never knew you. Get out of here. Not but one place to go at that point. Eternal flames of hell. Verse 13 says, Therefore let us no longer criticize one another for different matters of theology. <laughs> Instead decide never to put a stumbling block or a pitfall in your brother's way. Uh, <laughs> practicing some heresy or, or another uh, might be excluded, uh, but uh, different matters of theology, different denominations, if you haven't noticed, believe different things about God, about salvation, about how to live and how not to live, what's permissible and what's not, where denominations, Christian denominations in, in our world, in our United States, is just as different as most of us are. Everybody's got an opinion. Well, you know the main opinion is concerning their relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. If we believe, if anybody believes that the Lord Jesus is God himself, the very Son of God that came to earth, gave his life, as an atonement for our sin, died on a cross, shed his precious blood to cover our sin. If we just accept him, we can be saved and spend eternity in heaven with God. What? Look, if we just accept that, everything would be all right. But we don't need to put stumbling blocks in other people's way by arguing with them what's right and what's wrong. That's the primary thing that we need to get across to people. Jesus Christ, Him crucified, resurrected from the dead for me. For you. That's the bottom line. That's the only witness you need, really. Period. And anybody can remember that. You don't have to have some 20-minute exposition on how to be saved. We try to make things hard when God makes them just as simple as he can for us. You know why, don't you? We're simple-minded. <laughs> we can't handle a whole lot of stuff, so God makes it easy for us. Verse 1 said, Accept one another, who, anyone who is weak in faith, but don't argue about doubtless issues, doubtful issues. Verse 14 says that nothing is unclean in itself, but unclean to the one that considers it unclean. If you think it's sinful to do something and do it, <laughs> you've committed a sin, is what God said. That sounds kind of hard, harsh on us. But folks, it's so much easier to live the way God wants us to live in the long run because we, we're going to be exempt from all of the punishment, disgrace that a lost person is going to have to face. Verse 15 says, For if your brother is hurt by what you eat, you're no longer walking according to love. 
do not destroy that one Christ died for by what you eat. If you're doing something that you are convinced the Lord said was okay to do, but it hurts somebody else's by your witness to them to keep them away from Christ, you need to quit doing it. Nothing that we do is important enough, important enough to turn somebody away from Jesus. Nothing. I don't care what it is. Now we've got to stand for what's right. That's true. But we love everybody and we don't, uh, we don't condemn them. We condemn the sin. Therefore, do not let your good be slandered. And a Christian's witness, that's what this says to me, a Christian's witness can be destroyed in a heartbeat by what he says and the way he treats lost people. Now, you've, you've seen people like that. You've met people like that who will tell you, well, I don't want anything to do with church. Oh, so-and-so came by here and told me such and such. Well, no, no, I don't want anything to do with the church. Well, we need to be right with God, do things the right way, the way he wants us to. Don't let your good be slandered, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but, what does he say? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Christian people ought to be the happiest people on earth. You know why? Because we do right. You know, when we get sad, when we do wrong. Every once in a while, I don't know about y'all, but every once in a while, God's had to give me a little thump on my head. That's why I cut all my hair off so the bruises would show. <laughs> I'd have something to brag about. <laughs> no. God loves us, and He wants us to do the right thing. And uh, <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to worry about the physical things this, the eating and drinking, the physical things we don't have to worry about. But we need to think about the righteousness, the peace, and the joy that come to us from the Holy Spirit. Our relationship with God makes us right with Him, brings peace to our heart and joy to our life. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of Christian people in my day, and I've seen some look like they were about on their last leg. It is so sad and so down and out and so pitiful because they feel like they can't do anything. I'm a Christian, you know. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. Listen, God's the one that opens the door for Christian people to serve Him. And I want to tell you, <laughs> if you look at the list of service that He's got, you wouldn't ever say, I don't have anything to do. There's a book there that's just full of service. You just read it. God will tell you what you need to do. That's our problem. We don't spend enough time with this book. God doesn't have the opportunity to tell us too often what we need to be doing. It's in here. You want to know how to have a relationship with the Lord and what kind of relationship it ought to be? It's in here. That's why he saved this and preserved it for us that we might have it. Folks, we are privileged people to have this book. There are places in the rest of the world that can't have this book. 
If they do, they get executed. If they do, they get shunned by society. Look, this is, it contains the Word of God. It's important to you. It's important to me that we take this Word and ingest it. Do you all know what that is? Ingest means take it into your body, take it into your mind, take it into your heart, and live according to what God says we need to do in order to be good examples for the rest of the world, in order to have a witness to the rest of the world. Because I'm going to tell you something. There's a whole bunch of folks out there that are heathens that try to witness for Christ. You know what? A heathen trying to witness for Jesus is like a three-legged dog. He don't run too good. Verse 19 says, So then we must pursue what promotes peace and what builds up one another. We should never say anything or do anything that will drag somebody else down. Do not tear down God's work because of food. Everything is clean, but it is wrong for a man to cause stumbling by what he eats. If it hurts somebody else for you to exercise your Christian freedom, give up that freedom. It's just that's simply what that means. It's a noble thing not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that makes your brother stumble. Do you have a conviction? Keep it to yourself before God. The man who does not condemn himself by what he approves is blessed. But whoever doubts stands condemned if he eats because his eating is not from a conviction. And everything that is not from a conviction is sin. Accept one another is the message of God to us. Be careful, very careful about forming judgments. We don't need to do that. Who are we to judge somebody else? Everyone is, is accountable to God according to what we've read in Scripture. And Christ died and came back to life for us. He lives today. He makes intercession for us today before the Lord. And any person that does not know him as the Savior, all they have to do is tell him that they believe that he died for them. Uh, he will take their sins away. And they want to be saved and be forgiven for their sin. And that will happen just in an instant, just like that. That's the way God works. Christ died, came to life for it. He might rule over both the dead and the living. Jesus is the ruler of the universe, of all created and uncreated things. He's King of kings and Lord of lords. And there's no better relationship that you can have than with Him. I promise you. If you don't have one with him, you see me after service, you can have one with him. I'll show you how. Live for Jesus this week. Live for Jesus every day. Be an example in school, at work, at play, wherever you are. Be an example for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he'll love you for it. And uh, he'll bless you for it. 
Mm-hmm. Folks, you don't know what it's like until you get in the shower of blessings. When it starts, when it starts raining on you, it's good stuff. Let's stand and pray and be dismissed. Our Father, we thank you, God, for the privilege that we have to be assembled today and in your presence. We thank you for your precious word. God, we just pray that we would be able to call upon Jesus in our heart, that we might live better lives before everyone, that we might never condemn anyone or put anyone down, say anything, uh, God, that negatively might impress them to turn away from Jesus. God, we need to be magnets that draw people to Jesus and to salvation. Help us to be that person. Lead and guide and direct us all. Keep us safe until we assemble again. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.